chapter number one. We've uh, gone through quite a bit of Mark one and uh, Mark chapter number one and verse number forty at the uh, end of the chapter here. We find the leper that is cleansed in Mark one forty. The Bible says, "And there came a leper to him." beseeching him and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. What an incredible verse that is. There's so much packed in there. We're going to look at that. Verse 41, And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed, and straightly charged him, and forthwith sent him away. And saith unto him, See thou, see thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But he went out and began to publish it much and to blaze abroad the matter insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city but was without in desert places. And they came to him from every quarter. Let's stop right there and let's pray. Father, we thank you just for your goodness to us. Father, we thank you for your word that we can look at, we can study, God, we can learn from, we can draw from. And God, I pray that you'd use me this morning. I pray that you would speak through me. God, I pray that you would touch each and every heart, help us, strengthen us. God, may we uh, learn more about you and more from your word. And God, I pray that you would just uh, move and work as only you can. And God, will again, we'll be very careful uh, to give you the honor and praise for all that's said and done. And Jesus, Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we look at this passage, uh, we find in, in here, we find the leper uh, that was cleansed. Leprosy in the Bible is a type of sin. And, uh, and this same passage is recorded in the, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 8, verses 2 through 4, and it's also in Luke 5, uh, 12 through 15. But uh, this passage, and they're very, very similar, uh, but this passage just gives us a little bit more detail uh, towards the end. And sometimes, uh, sometimes some of the Gospels uh, have a little bit of a different take on things. Does that mean they're not the same? No, not at all. Uh, if, if, something were, uh, if I were to go to somebody after church, and I'd say, hey, what was your perspective on the service this morning? Uh, they would tell me this, 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 this happened. And if I were to go to somebody else, say, hey, uh, what did you think of the service? Tell me about it this morning. And, and they would tell me this, this, and this happened. I may get two different accounts. They were in the same service. The same thing happened, but, but it stood out in different ways to different people. And so understand as we read the Gospels, sometimes we see a little bit of a difference between the Gospels. And that's one of the reasons that you see some of that. But it's easy enough to recognize that this is the same because there's so, so many similarities in these two passages. Now, leprosy was a, a dreadful disease in Bible times. And, uh, and there's a, uh, uh, a disease, I, I forget what it's called, I read about it a couple times, and uh, and. I don't know that it's the same as Bible leprosy. Uh, and so I just want to throw that out there. It had some big scientific name and I kind of got the last part. It was something... Uh, itis or something like that. It doesn't have the diseases end in itis. And so, uh, but, uh, but elephantitis, that's what it was. Uh, but I, I don't even know what that is. But I don't think that was the same as the leprosy in the Bible. 
uh, and, and might be similar in some ways, but Bible leprosy uh, was a, a real problem. Uh, matter of fact, it was a, it's a type of sin, and leprosy in Bible times would ostracize you from civil and religious uh, communications with other people. They would not allow you to live, if you had leprosy, within the walls of a city. Now understand, the walls of a city in Bible times were there for protection. And it was important to have your cities walled in and you were safe and secure inside of that city at nighttime. But the lepers had to sleep outside of the city. They were not allowed to stay with inside the walls of the city. And they were not allowed to come and worship as the other people would go to worship. And, and uh, not only that, but uh, you would have to cry if you go in to the city during the daytime. You'd have to cry out, unclean, unclean, and let people know. And, and people would kind of move away and move to the side they knew well that's the cry of a leper and so they would ostracize you mostly because they were scared there was no cure for leprosy and uh, there was nothing that could be done for it and it was a deadly disease most times it was fatal and and so uh, it was something that was a real problem and uh, and listen that's a lot like sin uh, matter of fact, sin separates you from other people, civilly and, uh, and religiously as well. Uh, sin sets you apart. Sin is contagious, just like leprosy was. Uh, leprosy, they gave several accounts where it would start on an island uh, toward the coast, and then eventually, over the course of years, uh, it would work its way inside, and the, the amount of cases of leprosy would always go up because it would spread, and it was contagious. Sin is also contagious, and uh, sin will separate, and uh, it's incurable except by God, and it's a shame and a disgrace and leaves you deformed. And so we have a lot of uh, similarities between sin and leprosy, and as we look at the passage this morning, this man was cured from his leprosy. I want us to notice just a few things in verse 41 about the lepers coming to Jesus Christ. I, I love this passage and it's so unique in so many ways. As you study the uh, healings and the miracles that Jesus did, uh, sometimes it seems like, well, they're all the same, but they're really not. They're really quite different. They're really quite unique in each and every one of them as you look at them. And so I don't want us to uh, say, well, it's another miracle that Jesus did, but I want us to note the details that are the difference. And he says there in verse number 40, as, as the lep leper comes to Jesus, he says, there came a leper to him. And watch these phrases, beseeching him and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. I want to notice just a few things about this leper coming to Jesus Christ. I want to notice first and foremost that he was wise in coming to Jesus Christ. In that in Bible times, uh, there was no cure for leprosy. Uh, they, they wouldn't even waste their time going to doctors. You remember one lady, the Bible says that she had uh, spent all of her living uh, trying to be healed. She had visited doctors and she had paid for services and, and she still was not healed. A leper wouldn't even bother doing that because there was no known cure for leprosy. And if there was, it would have passed through the entire circles of all the lepers because they were their only friends. They were a subculture in and of themselves. And, uh, and he was wise because he came to Christ. 
You say, well, why did he come to Christ? And I, I think perhaps that uh, this leper had heard stories of Jesus healing. I mean, we saw here in Mark chapter 1 as it opens up very quickly that there were many people who had been healed of many diverse diseases. The Bible doesn't give us specifics and it doesn't tell us everything that was healed. But perhaps this leper heard and said, wait a minute, th this guy was blind. And now he was healed. This deaf person was deaf and now he can hear. And, and this lame person was made to walk. We don't know exactly what infirmities had been healed, but for whatever reason, it occurred to this leper, hey, my only hope is in Jesus Christ. There was no other cure for him. There was no other expected uh, salvation and no other. And, and, and he wisely uh, said, hey, I am going to go to Christ. Can I tell you this morning that Christ is the cure to all your infirmities and all your ailments in life? There's nobody better to go to. And listen, you can, you can go to a lot of things. You can go to a lot of doctors. We have such medicine and technology today. And I, I like technology, to be honest with you, when it works. I don't like it when it doesn't work. I like technology. But can I tell you, technology is not the end-all, cure-all, answer-all. Jesus Christ is the only answer and the only one that is able to cure and take care of all things. And so he was wise in coming to Christ. He came to Christ. We find not only was he wise in coming to Christ, but you look there and the Bible says, beseeching him. And I think he was sincere in coming to Christ. This man was not interested in continuing being a, a leper for the rest of his life. He was interested in having a change and a difference made in his life. And so when he came to Jesus, he besought him. We looked at this word last week, at least in Sunday night service. Maybe it was two weeks ago. And, uh, and, and the idea is that he was pleading with Jesus Christ. He was, he was saying, hey, will you heal me? Uh, it, was a, it was a plea that he was throwing out there. And uh, this man wanted a difference made in his life. Oh, that everyone that would come to Jesus would desire a difference be made in their life. What a difference Jesus could make. This man sincere, sincerely wanted a difference made. He wanted the direction of his life changed. He wanted something different. And this man, as he came to Christ, he was wise, he was sincere. I want you to notice as well, he was humble. The Bible says he kneeled down to him. Listen, that's humility. You ever heard of the phrase, uh, getting down on your hands and knees and begging and pleading? That's what this man was doing. He's saying, Jesus, hey, I'm not worthy, but I want you to heal me. I want you to change my life. I mean, he was humble about it. He didn't go in demanding, hey, you make a difference in my life. You have the power. No, he went in in a very humble attitude, in a very sincere manner, in a very uh, way of saying, hey, listen, God, I'm going to humble myself before you. And the Bible says in James 4, six, but he giveth more grace. Therefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Oh, what a lesson of humility that we could learn. Sometimes I think after we get saved, we come to God saying, God, I expect you to do these things. And if you don't, we get upset and we get mad. We say, I'm not going to church anymore. I've talked to people and, and, and they'll tell me time and time again, well, I tried that. 
And God didn't work for me. Wait, wait a minute. God didn't work the way you wanted him to work. It didn't mean he didn't work. You weren't willing to be humble and to accept what God wanted. I have the feeling that this, this leper would have said, Hey, God, whatever you want, I desire to be changed. I'm coming to you because you are my only hope. I'm asking you to change my life. And he kneeled down in humility saying, God, I I'm just asking you. I know I'm not worthy and I know I shouldn't even be within your presence because I'm a leper and I'm not allowed to be around people, but I'm asking you change my life we find a sense of humility but not only that he said if thou wilt those amazing words you know what he was saying he's saying God not my will your will matters and if you don't desire for me to be changed, and if you don't desire this leprosy to be taken away, then I'm okay with that. If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. If it is your will, and it is if, if it's your desire, and oh, how we need to turn things over to God and say, God, be it according to your will. And all, all the Old Testament saints, you can find time and time again how they, they lived in God's will. And they said, hey, sometimes it was bad, sometimes it was good. But in the end, it always turned out good because God's will is always what is best for us. And God knows what's best for us in the end. And this man was humble and saying, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And then lastly, I want you to notice about this leper's coming to Christ is that he was believing. If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Jesus is in the life-changing business. And he said, God, I want to be clean. And he believed God. You know what? Half the time we come to God and we say, God, I'm worried about this. And we give it to God. And we walk away and we still have it with us. We're dragging it around. We're saying, God, I'm still worried about that. God, I'm still thinking about this. God, we don't give it to God. We don't believe God. And this, this leper, he was believing God. He said, thou canst make me clean. Nothing else can make me clean. No other doctors, no other medical, no other religion, no other things can cleanse me. But you can clean me. And I'm asking you, God, I'm pleading with you. Hey, cleanse me. Make me different. He came to God believing. He came to God in wisdom, he came to God in sincerity, he came to God in humility, and he came to God believing. As we think about this leper, I want you to notice as well the Lord's cleansing. Not just the leper coming, but the Lord's cleansing. Look with me in verse 41 and 42. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and saith unto, me, unto him, I will be thou clean. I notice the first thing that stands out in that verse is compassion. Compassion means suffering with another. I am so glad that Jesus Christ is compassionate. My house, where uh, we talk about it sometimes, and we're, we're just not real sympathetic people, much to my shame. Uh, we're like, well, I got hurt. Okay, well, go get a Band-Aid. Get it fixed, you know. Uh, take care of it. And, and sometimes we're just not real sympathetic people. But, uh, but listen, I'm glad that Jesus is compassionate. 
I'm glad that you can come to Jesus with anything and you can pour out your heart and your soul to Jesus Christ over any situation and that he has compassion. This leper came to Jesus desiring to be clean. He came wisely, he came sincerely, he came believing, he came uh, to Jesus kneeling and humbly and saying, hey, I, I want to be changed. And Jesus saw all of this and he had compassion on him. I looked up those words, uh, compassion, in the, in the New Testament, and over and over and over, Jesus has compassion on the multitudes. The Bible says in Matthew 9, uh, 36 down through 38, I believe that when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them goes on in other places and he says he saw the multitudes and he was moved with compassion on them because they were a sheep having no shepherd. And listen, God doesn't just care about a bulk of people and a multitude of people, but we find here in our text that he had compassion on one single soul. And I'm grateful, hey, that God would focus his attention on my life and he'd say, hey, I've got compassion on you. What, a, what an incredible God. It's not just the multitudes. He doesn't look out and see, well, that's a crowd that I love. But he sees individually and he says, hey, I care about those people. I care about each and every one of them individually. And Jesus Christ took the time and he was moved with compassion on this man, the leper. We're not even given his name. But we know that he was a real man. And God cared about him. Not only that, I want you to notice, the Bible says in verse 41, he put forth his hand and touched him. And you say, what's so significant about that? He was a leper. You don't touch lepers. You, don't, you, you, you steer clear of them when they come by crying, unclean, unclean. I mean, you cross to the other side of the road because you do not want to be near them. Matter of fact, they were made to carry a, wear a covering over their mouth and, and, and they had to cry out, unclean, and they were not allowed to stay in the city. Why? Because it was such a contagious, dreadful thing that they weren't allowed to be with people. They weren't allowed to, uh, to socialize with those people. And, and so Jesus, even the fact that he would come to Jesus and he would fall down on his knees before Jesus and Jesus would allow him to get that close was something but then that he would come to Jesus and Jesus would reach down and touch his shoulder was really something and it was significant in this man's life who knows the last time anybody had reached down and touched this man's shoulder or shook his hand, or put his hand on his head. I don't know, the Bible doesn't tell us, but we do know this, that Jesus cared so much about this man that he reached out and he touched him. What a blessing to have the touch of God on his life. And this leper was touched. Oh, he was unworthy. Yes, he was a leper. Yes, he was unclean. Yes, he was, uh, uh, he was vile uh, in all sense of the word. But let me tell you something. Jesus Christ specializes in touching unclean lives and cleaning up clean, unclean lives and touching those who need a touch from him. And he's the one that is willing to reach out and he touched this man man. We need a touch of the master on our life. And listen, what a, what a blessing to this man that Jesus Christ would touch him. Then he says at the end of verse 41, he says, I will 
be thou clean. I love that phrase. This phrase is only used by gospel accounts in the healing of this leper. I checked the blind man. He didn't say, be thou clean. I looked for clean all throughout the, the New Testament and all through the gospel, and you don't find it in any other account than dealing with this leper other than when they're talking about uh, being made clean, the, the things of the temple and this and that. Only a few times it shows up in the gospel accounts, and it's used specifically in this account with this leper uh, every single time in the, in the gospel of Matthew and Luke and Mark. He says, I will be thou clean. And we have two things I want you to notice. And number one, God desires people's lives to be clean. That's God's will. God said, I am not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And God desires to clean up the life of people. Uh, if they'll just simply humbly come to him and, and ask, he's more than willing to clean their life. And, and listen, he said, I will be thou clean. He didn't say, uh, be healed of your leprosy and let your leprosy depart. He said, hey, I want your life to be cleaned. Man, what an incredible statement. Listen, Jesus Christ desires our lives. Leprosy is a type of sin in the Bible, and Jesus desires our lives to be cleaned up from the sin that once filled our lives and once was a part of our life. He now desires our life to be clean. We sing that song. Uh, it's honestly, I enjoy the song a lot. It's My Sins Are Gone. Man, if there's ever a song that'll, that'll make you uh, smile, that ought to put a smile on your face, that ought to uh, light your fire, that ought to encourage you, it's, hey, my sins are gone. The fact that Jesus Christ would say, I will be thou clean, and he'll wash our sins away. We sing that song, are you washed in the blood? Hey, we ought to be washed. It's a cleansing power. Now I want you to notice as well, the Bible says uh, in verse 42, and as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. The cleansing power of Jesus Christ is instantaneous. It's not a, uh, a process that, that says, hey, you know, you'll grow into your salvation. No, it, it is something that says, hey, I'm going to cleanse you right now and wash you. Salvation is a one-time uh, instantaneous thing that takes place when Jesus Christ touches you and your life is changed. And you say, man, that's salvation. That man's life was changed. That man's life was cleansed that day. He no longer had to walk through the city and say, unclean, unclean. Matter of fact, uh, he could now move into the city and take up residence. He could now go and worship. He could now uh, be normal in life and go around and do whatever he wanted that maybe he had not been able to do, perhaps for his whole life. We don't know. But this man's life was changed immediately. No, the cleansing power of Jesus Christ's blood. The Bible says in Hebrews 9, uh, 12, neither by the uh, blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. What a blessing to know that, hey, once we're saved, it's eternal redemption. It's not temporal 
It's not partial. It's not uh, something that, that happens for a little while. It's something that happens for all of eternity that he would change our lives. This man uh, was saved from his leprosy and his life was cleansed and his life was changed and it was an immediate thing that took place in his life. We see the lepers coming. We see the Lord's cleansing. I want you to notice as well the Lord's charge. Verse 43 and 44. And he straightly charged him, and forthwith sent him away, and saith unto him, See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. I want you to notice the seriousness of this charge. He straightly charged him. In other words, hey, listen, this is really important. He's saying, pay attention to me. This is what I want you to do. This is the instruction I'm giving you. And I want you to be sure that you do what I tell you to do. Jesus had a request and he had saved this man, cleansed his life. And so by all means, he was obligated to follow what Jesus would request of him. We find that it was a serious request. But then he was to go and he was to show himself to the priest. He said, listen, I want you to go. And it was to be a clear testimony. That's what it says in the, the uh, last part of the verse. For a testimony unto them. This was a clear testimony to the priest that this leper had been healed. And it speaks of God's power on his life. Leprosy wasn't healed in the Bible times. I was going back, and you can go back in Leviticus chapter 13 and 14, and you can read all about leprosy. That's where it's uh, d determined what is leprosy. And, and if you think you have a spot growing out of your arm that's leprous, you would go to the priest in Bible times, and you would show it to him. And, and, and then he would say, listen, I want you to go and, and to close yourself up for seven days or five days or whatever it was. And after that time, I want you to come back. And, and if the spot had grown, uh, then they would watch it and it would declare it leprosy. But if it had not grown or spread or if it had shrank, uh, then it was not a problem. But if it turned into white and it started spreading, then he would say, hey, you are a leper. But if it was not a leprosy that would spread, and if it was not a leprosy that was, uh, would take over his entire body, then he was to go to the priest and present some tokens. And that was what Jesus was telling uh, this man to do. He said, listen, he said, you've been cleansed from leprosy. He said, I want you to go to the priest and I want you to take the things that you're supposed to take and, and offer the offering for the, for the cleansing of leprosy. You say, well, that's a strange request, but Jesus said, think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am, come to, I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. And so Jesus was still uh, saying, hey, listen, you still abide by that law that you were raised under. And you go to the priest and you show them, and I want you to show a clear testimony that, hey, you have been healed. And how many lepers would go to the priest and the priest's amazement at seeing a leper that had been healed, something that could only take place by the very power of God, and it was a testimony to those priests saying, listen, Jesus Christ is God, and he's here to heal and change people. Not only was it a serious request and it was a showing of the priests, and I want you to notice as well that it was a kind of a strange request. Look with me in verse 44. He says, See thou say nothing to any man. 
Now that goes in contrary to what we usually think. And usually, what I would say is, hey, you ought to go tell people what Jesus has done in your life. And you ought to. But we find a strange request from Jesus here. He says, don't tell anyone. Boop. Keep it quiet. Zip the lip. Don't tell anyone. And you say, well, that's a strange request. And I've read that before and I thought, that is kind of a strange request. Why would Jesus tell him to keep it under his hat, not tell anyone, to, to keep it quiet? But as you, you look at it, sometimes there's requests that Jesus make that maybe don't un, that we don't understand. They do not make sense to us. But if you read verse 45, I believe it sheds light on verse 44 and will help us understand why Jesus said that. In verse 45 it says, but he went out and began began to publish it much. In other words, he did not do what Jesus had told him to do. Jesus said, hey, I want you to keep it quiet. Don't tell anyone. I want you to go to the priest. I want you to go straight to the priest and present those things that you're supposed to do. And he did not do that. Matter of fact, he did just the opposite. He went out and he began to publish it. And the Bible says to blaze abroad the matter. The Bible says in verse 45, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places. And they came to him from every quarter. And I don't know, this is just my observation from this text, that if this man had not publicly broadcast his leprosy being healed, Jesus probably would have been able to minister in that city a little longer. But because he did, because it was such a phenomenal miracle that we really don't grasp because we don't deal with leprosy today. We don't understand the consequences. The people don't have to live outside of uh, the city. And, and we don't really fully understand. But this man's life was changed drastically. You understand that he would add years to his life. He would be able to live as a normal person. It was something so drastic in his life that he just couldn't even contain himself. And he went out and he just broadcasted everyone. He said, man, I was a leper, but I came to Jesus and Jesus changed my life. And we find that he broadcast it in such a way. Uh, listen, we're not talking about a blind man being healed. And understand blindness is tough. I'm not saying it's not hard. But listen, you can live your whole life being blind. You can live your whole life being deaf and live a long life. You can live your whole life being lame and live a long life. But leprosy would take your life and would cut the years down and make your life even shorter. And I'm just saying that uh, Jesus, this was a serious miracle that Jesus did, not to belittle any other miracle, but this was impacted this man's life. And, and because of that huge impact, Jesus was saying, listen, uh, I want to be able to minister in this town a little bit longer. I don't want to be so crowded that I cannot even and minister and work. And so Jesus would tell this man, hey, listen, I don't want you to go and publish this abroad. I want you to keep it under his hat. And we find in verse 45 that the Bible says, and I believe these are sad words, that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city. And his ministry was cut short in this place 
Oh, you say, preacher, but he was out in the desert places and they still came to him. Yes, but I don't think that's what he desired. I think he wanted to go into the city and be able to minister to those people that were there. And I think that's why he told the man, hey, keep it on the lowdown. Don't be telling people. Uh, keep it quiet. Keep it to yourself. Go to the priest and show them the, the things that, that, that I've done for you. But I don't want you drawing a big crowd because I still want to be able to minister to the people in this city. We find, lastly, the sin of disobedience in this man's life. As he didn't obey what God had asked him to do. And listen, I know it's a strange request. I know it flies in the face of what we say all the time. And I'm not saying that Jesus is saying, hey, you ought to keep the fact that you're saved down and make sure nobody knows about it. That's not what he's saying at all. But Jesus had a specific purpose for this time and for this place and saying, hey, I want to minister in this city a little longer. And he was not able and he was forced out of the city to desert places and only those who heard of Jesus could come out to where he was. And I think that's why he said, hey, don't say anything to any man and go show thyself to the priest I don't think that was intended for the rest of his life, never to let anyone know. I think it was just for the time being, right then and there. Saying, hey, let me minister, let me work. Then you can tell people. But we find that that man didn't do that. We find just three things. The leper's coming, the Lord's cleansing, and the Lord's charge. The message is simple today. Have you come to Christ? Do you know him? Have you been cleansed by Jesus Christ? Has your life been changed by Jesus Christ? And then lastly, have you obeyed what he's asked you to do? Oh, listen, God wants us to serve him and to do what he asks. And he certainly has something for us to do. One of them, I can tell you this clearly, he says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Jesus is not physically here on the earth. That means Hey, go tell everyone that your life has been changed and that he's made a difference, that he's cleansed your life, that he's added years onto your life because of his cleansing power. And he's cleansed the sin and washed it away. What a blessing to know the Lord as your personal Savior. With every head bowed and every eye closed, as we stand to our feet, Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. And God, the fact that you would care enough about a leper, one leper, who would come to you in such a solitary moment and humbly ask, plead that you would change his life. God, we thank you that you hear our prayers. We thank you that you're compassionate and that you are a God who is willing to save, not just able, but willing to save. God, thank you for your grace and your salvation. And God, we see the charge that you gave to that man. And though it was different than what we would often expect, and though it was different than maybe what we would think, May we understand, God, that you had your purposes. And God, I pray that you'd help us 
to be obedient to your call to reach the world with the gospel. God, I pray that you'd help us to be obedient to whatever you'd have us to do. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As the music begins to play, if God's spoken to your heart, has your life been cleansed? Have you asked Jesus Christ to save you? Has he changed your life? This man's life was drastically changed. It was made different. Are we obeying God? Doing what God would have us to do? need to be baptized. Maybe you need to join a church. Maybe you need to start witnessing. Maybe you need to start reading your Bible. Whatever the need.